Welcome to the Heroes of Reality Podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Welcome to Adventures, Dylan here. Today I have on Debbie Stack, retired from IBM as one of the first female AI consultants. Along with colleagues from EDS and HP, she co-authored the book Next Gen Smart Cities. Currently, Debbie is the founder of Digital Ascension and she's collaborating around the world to solve the United Nations Sustainable, sustainable Development Goals. So without any further delay and uh, jumbled words, <laughs> I'd like to welcome Debbie Stack. Thanks, hey. Dylan. How are you doing today? Good, good. How are you? It's great I to am. see you. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, I'm excited to chat chat with you a lot about this. Um, all this stuff is super fascinating. Um, uh, I know that like a lot of like does it, like uh, collaborating with people to do sustainable worlds is actually really awesome stuff. And so I just I'm really excited to get get in with you. Um, first, I'd love to learn a little bit about what. How did you get involved in IBM? What was your journey to first get into IBM? Um, to, to get started as one of the first female AI consultants? Oh, sure. Well, it was a, a long and circuitous journey, I'll tell you. I, I started my career out of college at AT&T. So oh. I went I delved deep into network architecture and had clients like HP and Cisco. So in those days, like leading up to Y2K and 2008, we were building a network for the iPhone, right? So from there, um, I went went on to get an MBA and became a consultant. And some of my former clients hired me over at IBM to represent wow. Watson for AI. Cool. Yeah, the the whole Watson industry, like when when um, IBM Watson kind of came together, so like the birthing of like like the AI is real, Skynet, all that fun stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I used to get in my keynotes all the time. Skynet, Skynet, and I'm like, no, AI's for good. It's for good. <laughs> it's pointing pointing it in the right direction. So, mm -hmm. so, so then lately you've been you've been doing a lot of things in the areas for sustainable good, um, and collaborating with people with that. Could you could you talk to me just a little bit about that as well? Well, that's what's most important, and that's what I, is so critical about this technology before us, whether it's AI. VR, AR, blockchain. I mean, it's up to us and, and our generation and the you and the younger generation to really shape this and train it and develop it in ways that are going to make this a more wonderful world, save the planet and, you know, give people back a sense of community and love like you do at Burning Man, right? So <laughs> That's all credo. Absolutely. Yeah, there was a party this week called Burning Man Goes Rogue. So that was some of our friends that are also working on technology for good in Miami. Oh, that's awesome. Is that where you're stationed in, Miami? No, I'm in New Orleans, but I, I just came back from the Bitcoin conference in Miami. Super yeah, And that cool. was like, I was stoked to be there. It was just an incredible uh, experience. So many announcements were made that, you know, it's like we set out to change the world and it's happening, right? It is happening. Like El Salvador has mm. announced that Bitcoin's going to be legal tender. I mean, just imagine the ramifications of that. That was a shot heard around the world. They got and they they got on stage and said this is one small step for Bitcoin, one giant leap for humankind, humanity. So Yeah, we are slowly taking back all the there's all these different frameworks that we needed to set up to create a community, to create a civilization. And one is legal tender, 
And being able to do that and uh, put that back into our own hands by having distributed networks of people being able to actually spread economy around um, based on true value uh, is really cool stuff. It's it, it's one of those ones. It's one of those problems that seems so big that it's hard to wrap your head. Like, how would you do that until some possible brilliant scientist finds a way to actually make it happen? Like through the uh, the blockchain network, um, it's pretty awesome stuff. So so. With that note, what about all of this excites you most? What are the areas that you get most excited about? Well, for me, I love the UN SDGs as a blueprint, right? We can go to any community, any city, any country, and you really change the world if we if we use the SDGs as a blueprint with SDG 17 as the, the platform of partnerships to solve all of our human needs in a common community. And then for me, I'm really, my noble purpose in life is to help with uh, mental wellness in particular. But when you build a platform as you know, and I have a lot of history on this, and um, we started building a blockchain based platform for US veterans while I was at IBM. But as I say, you know, if you want to solve PTSD with veterans, don't you can't just give them pills for 30 years and a talk therapist, first of all, they don't even want to do it. And you know, the guy need he doesn't have a house. That guy on the corner doesn't have a house to live in. He can't send his kids to school. He doesn't know what's for dinner tonight. Yeah. You know, and you wanna you wanna know how to treat his PTSD? Help him live quality life, you know, he served our country. And help us all live a quality life. We've all been through trauma with COVID. I just yeah. heard a statistic that twenty percent of our students, children, have been diagnosed with anxiety. And that's just the ones that seek treatment. So we have an epidemic of distress and anxiety. And when we come together to provide a, like a community platform, and now, you know, we can fund it, we can uh, be a community bank, we can provide healthcare and wellness. And so what I really love is let's provide some uh, modalities that maybe only get in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. It's where I discovered meditation, somatic exercises, and um, uh, uh, what's it called? Flow state. Flow state, yeah. right? Yeah. Let's provide those. Let's make life a festival. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is a beautiful vision. And that's what technology is supposed to do. I always feel it's like it's a lot of it's like a race between utopia and disaster. You're, like, you're always trying to like veer towards the good. And if we can inspire people along that path, then all, all the better. And sustainable goals is a good framework because when you're talking about these you, um, uh, SDGs with sustainable development goals, 17 right. goals by the United Nations talks about like, hey, we're in trouble in these major areas. Let's let's all look at these things. And if we can fix these things and all of humanity together can give like a big kind of collaborative like ah, we made it. Exhale, keep going. Yes. Right. <laughs> So it's a, it's a great framework, and you're right. Burning Man as a culture is someone that they've been able to actually make it work at somewhat of a scale, not for a long period of time. Like you were really solid for about a week or two, <laughs> but but that but being able to do that is is it's a it's a very powerful um, thing because we really do create our own environments and ecosystems, and if we can find good ways right. to be able to do that through the use of technologies, especially with mental wellness, because that's what I mean. That's where a lot of the problems come, and it's mm -hmm. and there's a lot of reasons that, and they, it's it's a broad thing for unhealthy it's like okay well what what, what or not unhealthy but just like needs attention in a certain area so um it so can affect really everything else yeah your yeah. mental state of well-being i'll tell you i've never been to burning man Dylan, but i must have met 200 friends who were burners in the last three years and here's <laughs> what i love about the community like 
everybody's friends, whether you meet on Zoom and then like one, like we've just met on Zoom and we have some mutual friends and one day we'll see each other at a party and we'll be like, ah, Dylan. Like that's what just happened at the Bitcoin conference, right? Oh, I saw cool. people who I've known for two years on Zoom calls and in technology together. I saw some that I'd seen a few years ago at Art Basel, others that I've met at the Esalen Institute. So I think the burning community has gone rogue, honestly. There's a lot of brilliant minds working on this that like have, you know, Burning Man as their would you know, their lifestyle, mm -hmm. but they are doing great things in the world and we're like a family together. I saw um I saw Susan O, oh, who's a, an influencer in blockchain and AI. She's living in Thailand. I, I had met her at Esalen a few years ago. I saw her at a party. I gave her a big hug. And, uh, you know, like, where else does that happen? Where else do you have so much in common with people in both your values and what you know about technology? Because people are talking like this, right? You know what's funny about a party in technology? I turn to you and you and we're talking about VR and we're like about VR and then you turn over here and we got to switch gears and we're talking about AI and then we're talking about blockchain and turn around and we're talking about financial systems and like some we got to put all this together like this is mind boggling we thank God we have a hive mind thank God. <laughs> That's that's how we do it, man. That's our specialty, collaborating through time and space, using technology, just like swapping data. I totally agree with you, and it's super fun. And Burning Man is, is one of the, one, it, they got the culture right, they've got the high-end technology. It's kind of this this area of like, do more, be cool, learn stuff, share the knowledge. It's like this kid-like curiosity, which is beautiful and wonderful. And uh, and finding like like-minded people are so awesome. Like the the last uh, one I went to, I um, the 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 guy who's my mentor at the camp I was at, he actually became good friends. And I was like, oh my god, you're a great human. And it's like, okay, how do we make more of that? So you're right. It it is it it is out there. It's just not evenly distributed. And so mm -hmm. like, but the, but the beautiful thing is, is that we can all, we can all kind of collaboratively push in this in this direction. Um, mm -hmm. What do you think, like right now, what do you think are like the major areas are are of uh, the most powerful areas to step into to shift things? Do you think like using these technologies and things could be for mental wellness? What do you think is, in, what, are, what do you think are some areas that you think is really important to kind of get behind? It could be one of the sustainable goals. What are your thoughts mm -hmm. on that? I'm seeing people like adopt a sustainable goal in order to direct their purpose, which I think is good. I think um, the meme at Bitcoin conference was fix the money, fix the world. So we do have to fix the money because we can't all continue to do pro bono technology work mm -hmm. for startups. And we have to come together. We, you know, it doesn't make sense anymore for a startup to solve one problem, one use case, one app on a phone. Like it's overwhelming now. We have too many apps, too many user experiences. This is causing us anxiety. But bring 17 entrepreneurs together on a secure private blockchain platform where the community votes in a and on a DAO, a distributed autonomous organization, votes for how to invest the money, who to fund, you know, what artwork they want in their community, what music, what hospital, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, I think it, it's it's happening. It's really hard to visualize it in our mind. By the time it happens, it's gonna be so common, we're gonna be like, oh, this was easy, but look how hard it is. <laughs> So there's 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 basically distributed communities that are backing and supporting and putting their financial weight behind things that they believe in, mm -hmm. and 
<clears throat> and they're and it's and it's being done. So do you know if there's any at scale? What's the size of these types of things? Are they small city or small? You know, just a, a couple people. Because that's that does sound like an, an efficient model for like a group of people to work together. At yeah. So um, so there's a Miami Dow uh -huh. uh, that's you know backed by Mayor Donella in Miami. Mm -hmm. So Miami's becoming the blockchain Bitcoin center of the world right now. And they have a test bed, but they have all the whatever clearances you need, FDIC, essentially to be a bank. Um, but it's small. It needs to be tested and proven. Not the technology. Forbes just wrote, I was just reading an article about El Salvador choosing Bitcoin for legal tender. And uh, Forbes says, the technology works fine. This is talking about Bitcoin. You know, it's like the people and the process we got to figure out now. Well, that's a change in three to five years, right? Because literally I was, that's funny a story, I don't want to tell it right now, but I was fired from a consulting job because I said blockchain would scale and they wanted me to tell an enterprise client it would not. I was like, oh it will, <laughs> and it does. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so uh, so it does seem like it's where everything's going, whether, whether you like it or not, the, 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 the tide's rising in that direction. Yeah, um, I love that. Yeah, like, and a rising oh, tide lifts all boats, as we say in New Orleans. Yeah, 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 yeah. I actually got to recently. I did some work in New Orleans fairly recently, so I spent about a month yeah. or so there. That's so, good. yeah, yeah, it was really VR cool. VR work. You were doing VR work in New Orleans. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Tell me about that. <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll go through it. I'll, I'll give you all the, I'll give you all the those details. We're working Please, with a nonprofit. Yeah. yeah, we're working with a nonprofit. A nonprofit. There. Yeah, yeah. So, but and I have I have more stuff we can get into on that one. But like, Please so, do. Like, I'm all about that because I, I I tried to work with a not um, well, I won't say I tried. I did work with the New Orleans hmm. Jazz Museum on trying to create hmm. a virtual Mardi Gras, and I'd like to create a virtual Jazz Fest, and we have till October to do it. No pressure, but uh, if you want to do yeah, some no work pressure. on it. <laughs> that'd be cool that's the one thing that people told me about when i was out there like dude you should check out jazz fest you're like that thing is magical and in terms is. Of like, they're like don't worry about marty gather worry about the jazz fest that's our burning man we go yeah. out onto the uh the fairgrounds which kind of uh -huh. looks like playa maybe a little more grass and we have mm -hmm. eight stages and a blues tent a jazz tent and you know, music all around and food booths all around. So you can try all the New Orleans food, all the music. We have top name entertainment from Dave Matthews and Santana and the like. And when they close out the days, they usually get our local Grammy award winning like brass bands up there, like Trombone Shorty or the Navels. And it's just, it is quite an experience. I've been going since I was 13 years old. So. <laughs> if I you want to come down, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll take you. I'll yeah. show you. Yeah, I go around. She's yeah. It's it's a it's a very free place and super connected. When I was there, I noticed that like everyone was like in it together, and that's one thing they're talking about. Like if you if you survived Katrina, then like we're all family. That was the what someone said once. I was like, that's really cool. It's it's crazy how the events of a city can affect the way the culture all act with each other. Stuff like that, you know, like that we don't really get over here. We haven't had that intensity. So it was a a beautiful like culture and people and. I don't know. I just, it I really, is. it was great. It, you, you could feel the soul in the place, which mm -hmm. was awesome. Yeah. I mean, jazz was born here, you know, that yeah. blues, rock and roll, you name it. And we're a city of festivals. We go 
from April to October, we're every weekend, you know, <laughs> as a festival. So, but COVID, COVID shut it, shut us down. So we're yeah. coming back this year, starting in October. Yeah, yeah. Well, congratulations, you know, finger crop is not thing open up. That's that place is a is a wonderful. The food and all that stuff is, just, it's great. It's incredible. So, yeah. um, so shifting here, you. I just want to talk a little bit about your book. You said you you co-authored a book called Next Gen Smart Cities. Oh yeah, I'm editing it now. It's about five years old. This is it. <laughs> And uh, five, about five of us wrote it together. These were guys that were um, I worked with at EDS, Dell, IBM. Mm -hmm. They were like in product management and the like. So they were really working on smart cities in Europe, oh. but um, like Dublin and Dubai and all the like. And I mean, there were a lot of challenges with smart cities, political challenges. Cities try to do it in silos, you know, we'll do transportation, we'll do lights. You know, I heard an interesting um, example at at a party. <laughs> the best conversations happen at parties, right? Uh -huh. So I said, you know, I was talking to John, and I and I and he works on infrastructure, like in Brazil, and surveillance infrastructure for the intelligence community. And I said, you know, we need that in New Orleans more than anywhere, but we don't have the capital. And he said, it's not really the capital. He's like, he said, if I go into a community. Say, let's take safe um, street lights. You know, he said at first the business owners and the leaders were like, "Well, we don't want those new lights because we sell a lot of light bulbs." And he says, "Well, we're going to put sensors on the lights. We're going to put cameras and microphones and uh, gunshot detectors." And like, you want to sell sensors or you want to sell light bulbs? Like, oh, we want to sell sensors. <laughs> so sometimes it's the economic justification. But the truth is, I mean, let's get serious. Like school shootings in our country, you know, mm. we need, we need surveillance and we need to trust who's monitoring the surveillance and we need to trust who's trained the AI for the surveillance. And my thesis is that the community mm. trains the AI. That's how you get rid of bias. The community, you create jobs, education, and you have a diverse group of people who are affected by it, who know the local, New Orleans has a local dialect. We have a local culture, local beliefs. We're a Christian community. Like there's just certain things that we do very differently here than when we're, you know, when I'm in the Bay Area or when I'm in Miami or anywhere in the world, every community's unique. Yeah. And, that, and that's, I love the idea of the culture, the, the people, the community training the AI, which will then have the same type of culture upbringings, which would be the same for the area. Cause you're right. There's completely different dialects and cross dialects. And there's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. A lot of, a lot of history. Um, when it's like, you know, older than the United States itself, how would you like, like go about training that would it, would it, would they all just be labeling the data as it came in and just do a little bit uh, labeled data like how do you train the community do you have a vision of that or is it just kind of the general principles of that yeah i think it's i mean i have team members who can go into the okay bits oh, that's fair, that's that. fair. but i mean right. simply when we were trained i'll just tell you this because maybe everybody doesn't know because when mm -hmm. we were training watson at ibm in a, a bank or an insurance company or a major enterprise the people in the call center would be given a recommendation by Watson, like what to say to the customer. And they would vote thumbs up or thumbs down. So they were training based on their experience as to whether that was the right answer. 
So that's the first layer. Like that doesn't take any, well, it takes the education of what you, of your domain, right? If you know how to work in a call center, you know how to train an AI to work in a call center. So it's like that. That's how it starts. I got it. Got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just very specific use case and a very mm -hmm. solid environment where you can start to get that uh, in the uh, learn by doing, throw them into the deep end. Um, cool. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so, so then, you, so AI, AI, NFTs, crypto, we've got all these, we all these pieces working together. Um, and the fact that we are able to like literally create our own economies um, through this whole uh, outsourcing, have, have you seen actual sustainable cities go up like in a way that they're, they're, they're somehow sustainable or self-generating or what is, have you seen any interesting use cases of sustainable cities that have been effective um, like in the U.S.? Um, I'm not sure. I have a, a lot of other friends in, uh, okay. um, climate, you know, focus on climate change. And I do have a friend in New Orleans who's founded the Deep Blue Institute to address oh, really? climate change. And he was part of the Seasteading Institute. So around the city of New Orleans and low lying areas where we're losing a football field an hour, you know, he wants to build floating cities essentially. So oh, wow. there's a lot happening in that space too. Just curious. Just <laughs> mm -hmm. How do you keep up with it all, right? So. Too much. Just grab a lane and then we'll just, just mm -hmm. pass notes across, you know, as you, as you figure <laughs> things out, you know. Uh, but with your area, with like with, with mental health and looking at that a lot, like mm -hmm. what do you envision? Like what 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 with that uh, really excites you that you've seen? Is it, is it the AI therapist? Is there other elements? What What stands out to you? is creating flow state. So I personally experienced this at Asselin. We went into a yurt with about 12 of us. We'd been meditating all weekend. So we meditated, we made eye contact with our neighbors. We each had a pulse oximeter on our finger and we had a little light in front of us. And as we came into heart coherence, cause we were measuring heart rate variability, um, our heartbeats began to create a base. And East Forest was our DJ and he was playing the keyboard. So he was improvising a melody over the bass of our heartbeats as we came into coherence and flow state and talk about get 12 people together to go change the world. Like that's how you do it. That's what you do first, right? So you don't have conflict, you see mm -hmm. eye to eye. So again, for, uh, a company that I serve on the board called senseplay.me mm -hmm. just issued an NFT and they're creating a 3D printed wearable that mm -hmm. measures heart rate variability, galvanic skin response, sweats essentially, and uh, and random and a random number generator. So for the NFT, you get 108 of these wearables, and you hold a meditation or a dance party, and get all your friends in heart coherence. And the AI generates a light show. And then, and then I, like, I want to put a jazz band in the mix and improvise the music. So um, I, that's, that's what I want to see at Burning Man and Jazz Fest. This will be the MVP with 108 people. But by September for International Peace Day, we hope to have a global meditation with thousands of people wearing these. And, and we're going to do them DIY yeah. um, in uh, at Burning Man. We're going we're gonna to give the uh, recipe, I guess, to to 3d print your own wearable oh that's cool that sounds super awesome i love i love the like the collaborative induced flow states so everyone feels like they're in the same sync and resonance mm -hmm. um 
that sounds it sounds incredibly fun um and uh and anytime you can you can use technology to get into a better sync with people and like you, you the conflict all that stuff drops so much because you're, you're feeling that that energy around i did a did something like uh there was a, a i was at a plant medicine event and uh and and during the during the the back end of it we all had percussion instruments. You could hit the drums. You could do things. You could go back around and stuff. And then what happened was the the woman that was put on. She got up and she did us just a, a primal sound. And then and then everyone's just keeping beat. And then she sent it to somebody. And then someone else just did a primal sound and then sent it to somebody else. And then we were carrying the whole flow state because you could send the energy back and forth. So when someone felt called, they they did something. And the whole the whole group mimicked that. And then they kept rolling. Very fun stuff. Flow state. Yeah. But talking about that same type of stuff and uh, being able to do that, like with VR, with biofeedback devices, or any of those other things, it's a really cool. It's a really cool concept. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, was the plant medicine? I'm really curious about plant medicine. Was it a healing experience for you? It I was, know so much work much. is being done with maps and yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Maps is yeah. Maps is doing very well. Also, other people that are always at Burning Man, but those things are. I mean, there's a lot of science and evidence and stuff out there johns hopkins work and stuff like that that we know um i actually have um one of the guys so i'm putting on an event in the next week or so uh, teaching a lot of this like um um transformational vr design stuff and one of the guys skip a uh, friend of mine skip rizzo um oh, that's gonna, your friend skip rizzo yeah oh yeah. i want to come to that event i've yeah. been hearing about skip rizzo for like well since we started the project at ibm but i've never met him oh yeah it's cool yeah so we're putting on the event it's um it's called transformational VR. Um, you can anybody that wants to see it. Can what? See like you're the perfect no. person. How does this work? You're the perfect person no. I needed to talk to today. So this transformationalvr.com five day yeah. VR design challenge. Yeah. So I'm putting that together, and uh, basically what we're doing is he's going to be talking about clinical use cases for VR um, plus mm -hmm. VR psychedelics and integration. Um, and so he's got a bit of that talk. So each day I'm having friends come in, run the whole thing, but, uh, should be a pretty fun and interesting event, uh, coming up, but, uh, psychedelics and VR and mental health and therapy, uh, should be, should be fun, entertaining as well. So, yeah. So well, it uh, all works together. So again, what interests me, I saw Brett Leonard speak at AI mm -hmm. showbiz and he's has a company with Skip called what is it? V uh, uh, P psychedelic virtual psychedelic Institute or something. I like don't that. know the name, I don't, yeah, but that's the one uh -huh. time. So he's going to be talking a little bit about some of that work and some of the stuff that they're doing as well. So oh, well, I, I got to yeah. attend. Yeah. I'll send you more of the information, but, but yeah, so we're putting that together, showing people some stuff and things all around these areas. Cause it is, it's interesting and it can be helpful. And it's also understanding, how do they impact how they work together and, and, and all that stuff I, I definitely say like psychedelics plus vr i call it reality stacking because you're like inside one inside another like kind of thing so it can get really intense and something you should be very aware of like to it's a it's a uh, uh, uh something that you have to respect the experience of the user <laughs> that. they go through so um that's but, how uh, I felt this weekend, though. And I, I yeah. was telling people, I was like, I feel like I'm jumping from world to world. It, it burned me out after four days because, like I was saying, you're talking about these really deep topics. And depending on who you're talking to, you have to, like, adapt the conversation. And, you know, certainly some know far more than I on their topic or vice versa. And it's just exhausting. And it's just like jumping 
between metaverses, you know, and so, um, yeah, so glad that you're paying attention to that because that was always, uh, always my concern to look at even trying plant medicine. And I may try it in a, I would be glad to try it in a supervised, you know, experiment yeah. like MAPS. But I wouldn't want to depend on it like I depended on antidepressants for 30 oh, yeah. years. So I'd like to transition from one to two or three psychedelic experiences into psychedelic VR experiences. And then I love that Brad and Skip are talking about creating narratives within that VR so that I can retell my story, you know, like and get beyond the trauma. And what I say is that I need to rediscover joy because with trauma, we forget our joy. Mm -hmm. We, we can't embody joy anymore and we freeze. And this is the, this is the, the learning that we want to see to, and what I understand psychedelics sort of helps our, our veterans and others with, but then how do you do that integration? It's like integrating from a plant medicine ceremony or retreat back into your world. Mm -hmm. And VR may be the bridge to get there. It can be. It's definitely safer for more repeated doses of virtual reality uh, than probably um, plant medicine. And uh, I think that anytime you're trying to like shift who you are, you have like an, an identity change. And then and, and there's a way to deassociate who you are with who you want to be. And um, what, whatever you're doing, that integration and keeping that super hard to keep that magic alive and well, uh, whether it's Burning Man or psychedelics or virtual reality, the first, the joy you get from opening a Christmas package. Um, it, it's, it's, it's about kind of staying in that state and knowing how to keep that place. And that's a really hard thing to do, no matter what can help you get across there. It, there's a bunch of different ways to do it. There's a bunch of ways across the river, you know, but uh, uh, it's about, yeah, how do you, how do you stay there? How do you keep that? How do you not just be like, just go there for a weekend and then come back and just with your old stuff. It's tricky. It's tricky. That's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, Good question to ask, though. Um, so, when you're talking about these things, what were what were some of the biggest lessons that you had coming away from this? Because you went to crypto conference, you went to it, you learned a whole bunch, you got super excited. What are some things that you think people aren't normally aware of, or what do you think are some things that like were some big aha moments for you when you were at the the crypto um, conference? Well, it's brought to tears when Ross. Olbrecht um, spoke to us from federal prison. So Ross created the Silk Road e-commerce site and he's in jail for life. Oh, he can't wow. be more than 30 something years old now. And uh, so it was very moving to hear him speak. And his lesson, his takeaway was the road to hell is paved with good intentions. He said, I saw the, like we all did, right? We saw the beauty of this blockchain and this technology. And he said, I wanted to move fast and break things. And man, so there's a free Ross.com site to help get him out of jail. Yeah. And I'm all for it. Free Ross, free Ross.com? Or org. Maybe it's freeross.org. Yeah. Oh, that's brutal. That's a hard thing to be looking if you're looking at a cell and seeing the fact that you're like you're like there forever, and yeah. that's a uh, because you're uh, you know in a. Uh, and he was the technologist. He wasn't the drug dealer, but he was the technologist that enabled it. And I, you know, I mean, yeah, that's a lesson. A lesson that we need to learn and help our kids because 
we got 13 year old hackers, right? I mean, these kids are so smart right now playing these games and their mothers don't, we don't know what they're doing. There's no way we can monitor them, right? We need guys like you. We need the genius, you know, software developers to create systems that help these kids, you know, code for good, play games for good, do good in the world, come out of the VR world and go into the real world and do something meaningful and make eye contact. You know what else happened at, at the party? Because I was talking about this NFT and creating flow state by with huh. making eye contact and meditating. One of the coders from uh, Chia came over. His name was uh, Slavic, Russian, you know, yeah. like this blonde hair, blue eyed Russian boy. Looks like he was 18 years old. And as I was explaining to him at a party and making eye contact with him and explaining how making eye contact affects your heart rate variability, he was giggling because there was our proof of concept right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mi minimum viable data source. Yeah. That's awesome. You had it. You're like, we got it. It works. <laughs> it works. That's so fun. It does. That's, that's the one thing that's like that's getting past this whole pandemic and stuff, being able to see people make eye contact, give them a hug, share a beer, all those, all those like little things that we kind of take like, Oh, that, that's not a big deal. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it really does. It's a, it feeds a piece of your soul that you're like, Oh my God, like I need that. I want that. That's, you know, so, um, that's, that's super cool. Uh, so let me ask you in terms of like your mental, like, like, do you, how do you armor up for the daily, um, battles that you do and what, what mental health activities or routines do you recommend or things that have stuck with you, um, since you've been on the mission for this, for this mental health? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, certainly music and meditation. So I'm really careful about my playlist. I'd like to have better functionality to help me create my playlist based on my biofeedback. Oh, um, nice. I'm meditating with Stephen Altair and uh, Conscious Accelerator, and he he provides a free three-minute meditation every morning about awakening. That's just beautiful. Mm. Um, so those things, and then when I'm in the right state, I like to have a little uh, sativa uh, gummy bear, <laughs> but I can't do that in Louisiana yet. <laughs> yeah, right place, right time. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, they, they don't hand out the good stuff over there. Sorry, they just <laughs> no, um, like, well, hey, <clears throat> you know, win the right place and right time. But uh, that's it's beautiful that you're able to do it. Yeah, like it's so funny, like the simple things, like the music, the joy, the laughter, having a good time, like cutting loose, like um, meditation too. I haven't I haven't looked into uh, Stephen Lewis, uh, uh, Alir's Awaken. Altair, Altair, A L T A I R, Unconscious Accelerator. So we're yeah, I'm pla we're planning some business initiatives with them to try to bring Flow State into uh, corporations and education. So it's a group I'm a part of. He's he's living in Tokyo. There's another guy in the group that's in New Zealand, and uh, they're really accomplished meditators. Stephen studied with the Dalai Lama. He's incredible. Do you know like uh, Jamie Wheel and uh, those just read his book Recapture the Rapture. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yes, cool. but I, I got to practice the breathing. I think I need a tutor for the breathing exercises other than the Lamaze method. I know that one because I had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's funny like yeah if you can control your breath you can control so much if you really can like do that. It's not, it doesn't always I get in and out of the waves of things. 
sometimes I do the Wim Hof. Did that for a little while. Uh, is that the one where you submerge in the cold? Or yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. You do your breath and you hold it like that. I've done a little submerged in cold, a little bit, not like mm -hmm. nothing consistent. Um, I thought about it, but I just haven't like cold baths are very, they're very cold. <laughs> <laughs> so you need a hot tub right next to it. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. If you go from cold to hot to cold to hot, it's just like you, you feel this interesting sensation of euphoria. You're like, wow, mm -hmm. oh, here we go. Yeah. But all of that's flow, right? Like all of that mm -hmm. is puts you in the flow. So like in terms of like helping people get the flow, like what other things would you recommend? Like what are them some, some, uh, do you have any other things? I think that like VR can be a really good flow generator. Um, VR, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'm curious. I really want to see what, what you're doing. I want to see what's going know, I've, You know, was that Awakening Futures conference with Jamie and Adam Grasley? So I know there's a lot of good research coming out of UC oh, San Francisco and Stanford. Well, Adam Grasley has an FDA um, approval on a VR game for ADHD. And then he has a, uh, a like a pod, kind of like a tannin bed that you go in at the four seasons in Maui and have oh, cool. a VR experience. So everyone's working on these like flow rooms and flow devices and, you know, uh, projection, you can use light and sound. I want to see it. I want to be a part of it. I just been like hearing about it and I know it'll work. Yeah. Why do you think, what, what about flow? Do you know what flow, like why it puts us in such a positive state? What it, what it, why it makes us feel all those good chemicals. Do you know anything about like, why we love flow so much like i'm not denied do i just curious not scientifically i just know personally i mean to <laughs> really i've been through a lot in my life and to have experienced that for the first time through natural means it changed my life that was my awakening mm -hmm. so then yeah well and then i knew that i'd had it when i was dancing right mm -hmm. i mean that's what then i was like oh wait this is how i feel when i'm dancing to Dr. John at the uh, blue, you know, House of Blues or something. And like, okay, wait, this is part of our culture, the drumming, the dancing, the music, you know, there's different ways to get there. But we lost it. You mentioned Katrina. I mean, we lost it after Katrina. We've been mentally downhill since then. The amount of stress that people in this town have been through. And I had a, a second home in Texas. So I was, I had 11 feet of water in my home but I did not have to live through the rebuild. My son did that. And so, you know, that kind of trauma now for 16 years, mm -hmm. you can see it in our culture. You can see the decline of, you know, the way that we used to celebrate and have community. And so it's like we're losing a civilization and to bring it back, we need our festivals and we need to, you know, learn how to have these experiences on an everyday basis and realize that, you know, quality, quality of life is more than going deep into the matrix and juggling a thousand emails a day. There's more to life than that. That's in looking at like people connecting and the, the, the joy that you get from it. Like if you like, you're talking about like one of the things I did miss about the whole pandemic is like, you can't go to conferences as much. Um, I haven't been to one in a long time. Um, 
and when you do come across your friends, it's that joy, it's that surprise, it's all those, it's all those amazing feelings that really give you a sense of just connection and like catching up and like, hey, fellow traveler, here's how I came, here's what I got, here's where I'm at. And that right there is super, like there's a, there's a, there's an, uh, um, an excitement with that, that it's very difficult to replicate um, inside other mediums like Zoom, like VR, other ones. You can, you can get close and they are getting better. Um, but there's still some pieces that like that's lacking and missing. Um, but, but it's if, so important to the whole experience, Dylan, because you like uh, you and I can't be at a party every night, but we're getting to know each other here on Zoom for the first time, you know. And so you can I think what's new in the world is that it used to be you meet somebody in person and then you connect mm -hmm. on digital. And now for the pandemic, we've been connected on digital and then we meet. And there's no difference. We're just as good of friends, whether we do it forwards or backwards. And so I, I hope, you know, this continues because this gives us an everyday way to access our friends and exchange knowledge. Yeah, and, and it's better on the environment. I mean, uh, literally mm -hmm. the environment would be better if everybody just plugged into the matrix and nobody moved. That'd be, be a little <laughs> bit easier. Just let you know. We don't want that. <laughs> No, but really, it's 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 a great way to connect. You're right, because it's it's like I think saw comments, something happened, went back and forth, and we're like, and then we you know jump, but that, this became the norm because it was there that we had to do it, and uh, and now that we're used to, it, I think finding this, but then also find a way to connect with people and feel that set, that that sense of like connection and collaboration, and there's just there's just um, being able to feel that whole uh, spectrum of human emotion is super important to have. And I think they're, we're getting better at it being online, but in person is always awesome, which is, you know. Um, there, yeah, there's nothing like it. We really don't want to marry robots like they're doing in Japan. I prefer <laughs> a real boy. <laughs> there is a VR girlfriend, Japanese girlfriend or something like that. That's really good. I got to tell you, I, I had a... I, I got the feels for her. I was like, oh much, you know what? I think this is very interesting. You had these little micro dates with her. It was a very interesting, weird experience. I was like, you, you know really what? You really did? Yeah, there was, it was very high graphics. And like, and what happened uh -huh. was you go on those little micro dates with her. And you mm -hmm. go through and like you throw darts with her, or you spoon feed her, you play rock, paper, scissors. You all these like little mini games. And then oh, again, wow. like she runs, they runs and hugs you and says goodbye. And like, every time I see someone go through it, they put their arms around the person, around the, the fake AI. VR uh -huh. person, and then it goes, oh, bye, and then she runs off into the. Oh, so you really door. felt it. You could feel it. You well, could feel it. like she's like it was like Sunday. One day was like a Sunday day, but she lost her stuff. Uh -huh. You had to help find her hidden item. It's just like it was like it was cute, but like I was like, okay, it didn't really get me. But if there was like kind of cute, but kind of creepy. Where was it on the scale of cute to creepy for you? Uh, it was pretty. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. It wasn't perfect. There was still a little bit of like you're trying to trick me, but there was uh -huh. a piece of it. That I'm like, you know, I'm gonna let that slide and just go into it. Mm -hmm. um, but it was fun. But I was like, "Oh, this could be this could be an interesting thing if someone's extra lonely and they, and they could just buy more packs of dates." I was like, "Ooh, I don't know about that." Yeah, it's interesting, but that's it's, too much. But if but it but in my all things in moderation, right? And what well, if it could help our technology. kids learn how to yeah. date? You know, do you use it as a crutch? Do you use it as a cape? How do you use the technology? Is it something that you use to get over your hurdle because you just got out of a bad breakup and it helps you go through these mm -hmm. awkward situations and then you can go forth and do do whatever you do? Um, but yeah, it's all about what you do with the tech that, that really matters. But it's, it's interesting that we're marching um, into that direction. So that, uh, I, that that's I mean, it's it's on the it's more on the creepy factor for me because my biggest fear is that, you know, in in 98 porn 
coronate the internet, right? Like so much of the money for the internet went to porn. Yeah. And uh, so it and and it and it went way too far. You know, porn. I don't want to get into that topic. I'm not the one to talk about it, but it really affects real lives and real relationships, mm. right? So I don't want to see VR, and I know there's plenty out there that I'm not even aware of. But this is like riding the wave and staying in the center, guys. Like, okay, you can have a little fun, but like, please, there's a world to save people and planet. And don't go, you know, too far into Ready Player One, so to speak. I'm in the middle of Ready Player Two. I'm not sure how it ends. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't go chasing waterfalls. Um, better, better. No, it's uh, it's. One of the things that like, people are gonna do it. People are gonna do whatever they're gonna do. Like I've I've ran a number of like hackathons and game jams over the years and different areas and like whatever people can think of. I've seen the most twisted experiences come, but it's people being free to create and explore. And so I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. It's just where do you want to put your focus? Where do you want to put your energy? Because your your everything's a diet. Your VR is a diet. Your health is a diet. Your food's a diet. Your thoughts. Are, everything's a diet. So it's like what do you consume can can be destructive to you. So. But people are still going to do it. You got to. It's like you want to respect both things: the, the autonomy of people choosing what they want to choose, but also like you know, you being able to craft where you pay attention to. But it's going to. But how do you shield the kids? I mean, that's the question because I don't, I don't think that a thirteen-year-old should be exposed to everything that's possible. A hundred percent, and that's and that's what you don't want. I mean, that's one of the reasons why people challenge and struggle with some like the like online multiplayer VR experience with young kids. Like they don't want to come across a creeper doing creepy things because people can be creepy when you don't know who they are. So, uh, and so part of the way, it's, I mean, there's numbers of ways to do it. It's like generally up to the parents. Kids are going to connect with other people online. It's just the way that we connect now. It's just how they do it in a free and safe safe way on mobile, on PC, and VR. It's just kind of like. It's still that area that we're still, it's a terrifying thing, but we're something you're going to have to address because kids will follow the fun wherever it goes. And even if that fun, it leads them to danger. Um, it's going to bring them there. So it's like, how do we, how do we as um, uh, caretakers create an environment that doesn't allow them to do that? And there's, there's a number of solutions they have for that out there. Um, but it's like people are going to do people stuff. Like, like create, creative expression is a funny thing, you know? Um, but that, that does bring me back to trusted communities. I mean, I think of a, a trusted community or a DAO, almost like, you know, a new version of an intranet. And so there's certain permissions and um, uh, privacy and security and authentication, things that are allowed and things that aren't. I, I've uh, envisioned that an AI could could run governance for an individual, for example, could run policy, could run parental controls, that kind of thing. Um, well, what, what are your thoughts on China and the whole WeChat type of like things where they have social credits and did you help that old lady across the street? No, you didn't. So you get jerk points and then, then you, you know, you can't order extra whip on your Frappuccino. Like what's your, <laughs> what's your thoughts? That's what's funny. That's a use case. Yeah, what I you, haven't what, read about China in a few <laughs> years. I don't know what's happening over there okay, lately, okay. but uh, they're gamifying yeah. that whole social jazz thing. It's it's interesting. It's interesting. I don't. I don't. I can't speak to it much either. But I don't know if you have anything. Okay, all right, just checking. I know it's a, we're living on the razor's edge, Dylan. Yeah. We are, is, and uh, 
this, but this is why, okay, this is all I can come back to. This is why I do business with people who I can look at eye to eye, who I've been referred to by trusted friends and who I believe are on purpose for the good of humanity. Like that's the only way to filter the hype. There's so much hype. Strict, strict, no asshole policy. So it's who you trust and what they know because and and so that's why, and I think the burner community's got an edge because I don't know how many thousands of y'all us now there are, but uh, people really get to know each other, and you know their reputation follows them, and that can be digitized. I'm sure it is. You know, I'm sure their reputation scores online, but but in person, in real life, uh, that's how. That's the only way I got left. Really, the technology is is you know it's exploded and i consider myself a technologist i keep up as much as i can but i got 35 years of it in my head and there's no way i can detect the hype of someone who wants to come at me and bamboozle me so i need a team around me that i trust i totally agree and i mean that's the power of a community right it takes a it takes a village to raise a baby it takes a village to raise a startup it takes a village to, to to really give birth to these complicated process to train an ai um it seems to be always the same type of thing yeah you need to have a group of people that you all trust and they're like, all right here's what we believe if you believe stay in the circle if you don't leave the circle go off into the forest and find another tribe to be a part of but that that's a, i mean that's one of our greatest superpowers is can we all agree on these principles you know, is there this, is there this thing that we believe in that if this happens and this happens, can we all do it? Great. And that's culture. And that's that sub optimating, like sub operating system that we all have that says, can we be cool? And you're right. Burning Man are able to do it because they're very, you know, are they self-sufficient completely? Do they respect each other entirely fully? Right. Do they, are they, are they about radical responsibility? Are they, you know, they have all of these characteristics that make them what we call like, let's say noble, but like, um, honorable and free. And and it's all a lot of those good characteristics that people I think like it's a it's a it's a thing to kind of reinoculate ourselves with that tribal culturism at, at Burning Man and then kind of go back out into the wilds. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's really interesting stuff. But again, we have to uh, we need social rating systems, even if you know they might be a bit skewed by the system. Um, trust but validate. Trust but validate. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Trust but validate. Um, so let me ask you this, with the mental health, with everything that you're working on and talking about this, a lot of this technology being, you know, a race between utopia and disaster and all that jazz, what do you think is the biggest challenge? What's the biggest dragon that you have to slay for the area of mental health and well-being in people for your mission? What is the dragon that you need to slay um, in order to make that, you know, achieve your holy grail? I mean, <laughs> The financial system, right? Because yeah. uh, the the you know went to a couple of SOCAP uh, conferences over the last few years, and there's been a lot of talk about funding uh, innovation for um, social impact, and I haven't seen it come. But at this Bitcoin conference, the money's flowing. The money's flowing into coins for different purposes and with different financial. Uh, governance around it. Some there's crypto backed bonds where you guarantee five percent. There's, you know, Bitcoin, which is like the gold standard that uh, the Winklevoss twins said hold for generational wealth. Never sell it. It'll they 
they're calling it to be worth 500,000 by the end of the decade. And, and then there's other coins, you know, and the one that I'm most interested in researching right now is MIL for the military. There's military.finance. So they're offering a coin at point uh, quadruple oh four Ethereum. And uh, to me, that's a community bank that has the possibility to become a community bank for our veterans that would be a trillion dollar peace chest, I'll call it. <laughs> well, it's so, awesome. Mm -hmm. How does how does that work specifically with the veterans? Do the veterans profit share in some way, shape, or form? Or how does that how would that apply? It's it helps support the Lionheart Foundation, which is a veterans uh, nonprofit. Um, but again, I haven't dealt into the governance model, but that was the intention we started on at IBM. So I saw three trucks pass by with the logo. I saw a, a plane fly over with the streamer and I'm like, oh, crypto made by veterans. I want to look into that. That's awesome. Yeah, you know Skip's work, right? With the veterans and all that, like Brave Mind. Okay, cool. Yeah, but so. I, don't, I mean, I don't know enough, especially currently, because he's been doing that for a long time. So yeah. that's another research area. And if you have anything to send me, I'd love to read it before your conference. When's your yeah. conference? When's your uh, it's, on the, it's on the 15th. Show me the uh, link again. Yeah, yeah. It's a transformational VR. Here you go. Uh, transformationalvr.com, five-day VR design challenge. So um, should be a lot of fun. I've done a lot of hackathons, game jams, things like that for like like USC. I did one over at MIT and I just helped out and organized and mentored and judged a bunch of them for years in VR to get in a whole bunch of spaces. And so I've seen a lot of people come through and build teams and build products or build products or get funded or go to an incubator, uh, do things all these times. Well, a lot of them were in person. And this is one of the first ones that I've done online. Um, and I've had different focuses like education or horror or retro or multiplayer or whatnot. Uh, this one's going to be primarily around, focused around doing positive good, social impact kind of stuff. And so uh, this one's going to be an online thing where it's going to be no code primarily, but a lot of it's more like a pitch deck kind of hack thing. Um, and it should be a lot of fun. Um, we've got a bunch of good people there. Um, Tip Tat, uh, one of my friends uh, who also uh, is a, runs the VR fund. Uh, he's going to be judging. Uh, Rev Kyle from Upload is going to be judging. I got a bunch of speakers. Should be a blast. Uh, should be a really fun experience. Um, but I shifting from being in person to doing it online, even though I have a lot of experience with the in person stuff, it should be a really uh, fun and uh, an interesting endeavor. But uh, but yeah, so that's kind of what this is, and that's what's going on. And that's what's kind of coming up. Well, I'd love to bring some friends and yeah. either join a team or form a team or let me sure. look into the uh, the rules here because this is perfect to trade up my alley. Cool. Yeah, I should have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, mm -hmm. anybody, they're welcome to go. Everybody's listening to transformationalvr.com. Okay. Um, but with that being said, uh, is there anything else you would like to let people know about, like what you're doing, what you're up to before you tell them how they can get a hold of you? Uh I'm going to my university this week, the University of New Orleans, to meet with their innovation and research park. And you know, I'd like to start working on a proposal mm -hmm. to bring an ecosystem there, to form an ecosystem, as I've mentioned, a model around the UNSDGs. So um, I have a lot of startups I've been advising that I think I can bring into that fold, but I'd love to have some help with creating a grant proposal for that. 
And I can be reached at Deborah Stack, D-E-B-R-A-S-T-A-C-K, D-F-W for Dallas-Fort Worth at gmail.com. Love it. Awesome. Thanks, Debbie. Appreciate that. I appreciate you. Thanks for coming on. I really uh, enjoyed chatting with you and your journey and the insights and uh, overall the crypto talk. It's very fascinating stuff. And uh, yeah, I do feel like it is odd. We live in the future, right? Like we're here and just kind of like we're just watching the lights go on one at a time and uh, it's coming. So thank you so much for being here. And I really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you, Dylan. I really enjoyed it too. Awesome. Have a beautiful day and take care now. Bye. Ciao. Take it easy. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on.